Four Midwest Guys presents Mandalorian Review. Welcome to Four Midwest Guys presents the Mandalorian Review, and yes, we are all 100% virtual this time. I'm the only one in studio, thanks to my illness and <coughs> no COVID here. But nevertheless, we're playing it safe. I'm here in studio, but virtual via Skype is with me is the Johnny Z and his lovely, lovely wife Stephanie. Hello, guys. Hi. And next to them always is Mr. Brian Eckebauer. Hey, what's up, what's up? What is going on, guys? I apologize for the delay and my illness and being a little under the weather, but we are finally here, and we are here probably to talk about what will probably be one of the best episodes of the season. Uh, just real quick, uh, as we always do, let's just to give a nice uh, non-spoiler, just quick thoughts overall, what you thought of the episode, uh, John and Steph. I'll let you go first, I was pretty excited about it. I... I... Yeah, not knowing anything about Clone Wars or Rebels, hmm. I thought, you know, the character was kind of a badass. She is. She is. She is the Padawan of a Anakin Skywalker, so it pay she is definitely a badass, no doubt about yeah, it. I didn't know that. You had to tell me. Which I only learned from listening to you on the other episode. <laughs> 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 yeah, they don't. Uh, she's not in any of the movies, so yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a Clone Wars uh, rebel secret, I guess you could say. Um, John, what do you think? I think this might be the finest thing that Disney has ever produced, Star Wars wise. Mm -hmm. Like just this last hour alone is the best thing I have seen. Like not to dis discount anything from the Mandalorian, but just this last hour, like this one episode, like blows all the movies out of the water. Wow, that's that's a lot coming from you. I I, I really enjoyed it. I, I I got a feeling we're going to talk about some aesthetics later here, but yeah, I I, I, I agree with you though. Uh, Brian, what'd you think overall? Yeah, like I, this is probably one of my one of my best episodes. I would put up there um, of the entire series so far. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it the uh, there was there was a little bit of nitpicking. Sure. You know sure. that, but. And we will do. Other we will that, nitpick. We always do. Yeah, but but other than that, other than that, this episode went smooth all the way all the way across the board. So so will it bring it down to like a B plus again? Is what I want to know. Oh no, not that much nitpicking. <laughs> Definitely not. I hope not. Anyway, not, not that much. <laughs> all right. So from this point forward, we're going to go into detail about the episode. So spoilers, warning, all that fun stuff. I won't play my famous spoiler warning um, sound effect for everybody because 
mainly because it annoys everybody else and they wouldn't be able to hear it. So it's just not the same. But spoiler alert, nevertheless, from this point forward. So because you can't annoy us from the distance. I know yeah. exactly. I can't. Annoy, I only annoy myself. So yeah. why do you think I went via Skype? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's playing. It's playing. Oh, okay. It's Will and Briggs spoiler warning. I can't take it anymore. It sucks. All right. So okay. <laughs> Anyway. Awesome. What are you talking about? All right. So uh, let's talk about it. Let's. There was. Let's. Let's get right into it. They don't tease us with anything. They go right at it. There's no more teasing. It, it's right to the point. She's finally here. Both Ahsoka is here, and sure enough, it's Rosario Dawson. So all the rumors and all the the basically a year or better of her playing Ahsoka or going to be playing Ahsoka. Is it going to be Rosario? Is it not? She's heavily teasing. She is. Is she not? Nope. It's finally there. Not only is it, is it the character Ahsoka for the first time in live action, but it is Rosario Dawson indeed. And I thought uh, a great casting for sure. Uh, Ashley Eckstein will always be my Ahsoka because of the Clone Wars and Rebels, and that's how I was introduced to the character. However, I found, I don't know about you guys, but I found Rosario Dawson's performance uh, acceptable. I found it uh, especially with all the expectations I have of the character going in. I thought she met them. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, like, she really she really knocked out a lot of the mannerisms and everything else of the character that we've seen. Um, yeah, the voice didn't sound the same. We knew that was going to happen. Right. Uh, you're never, you're never going to run into 100%, but she definitely knocked it out of the park. She's a great actress, and they they couldn't have chosen anybody better. Yeah, I agree. John, with Steph, I know you guys are non-Clone Wars, non-Rebels fans, so you guys are going to give us that perspective, I guess on this one um i think she did more than acceptable um because again i don't come from any of the uh, preconceived voices or the animation of the show so i basically had to go on just her performance of this episode and what i think her overall arc is going to be for the rest of the show and it's she gave a really actually compelling guest performance like this is the kind of like um uh, whatever like when Giancarlo Esposito shows up to something like, you know, he shows up for like two episodes in the first season and everybody's immediately drawn to his persona. That's exactly what Rosario Dawson did here. Granted, she's under a lot of heavy makeup, which for any actor is a gigantic feat to have to sell a performance through that. She came across as, you know, not just a badass, but also nurturing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had a bit of the... uh, I mean, she even, like, you even kind of got a sense that you weren't quite sure which side of the moral spectrum she was from. Granted, yes, yeah. she was a thing, but as, like, her interactions with Mando and with, well, I'll save the name for later, but uh, okay. as some of their interactions on that, like, there was a bit of a moral complexity to her, which I think she pulled off very, mm-hmm. you know, she perfectly. Yeah, yeah it was, that's, that's very similar to what she has through... Rebels and uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, so she, from a she conveyed that very well. Well, it, it, it comes across in, in, in Clone Wars because she's trained by Anakin, and Anakin has obviously has dark side tendencies, so therefore a lot of her that is passed on to her. Not, you know, she's not, and and, and she's also because of what happened in, in Clone Wars, she's been kicked out. She got kicked out of the Jedi Order. They when they her name got cleared they tried to bring her back and she told them to basically go fuck yourselves <laughs> and and so she's she's technically not even a jedi if you get down to the 
to the the title of it, if you will. Right. So so she's she's a bit of a wild card in in many aspects, and you know not only because of Anakin's training, but because of um, you know because of being dissed by basically being betrayed by the her own order. So. Uh, right. So yeah, but that that that's interesting though that you guys saw that without ever watching the Clone Wars or the Rebels. So that 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 that's a that that's that's a testimony I think to Dave and uh, his writing and, and directing of this episode. So well, I also think it's a testimony to Rosario Dawson for mm-hmm. doing her history and and doing the work and and putting the effort forth for this character, knowing how important she was. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to look at it at that too. Yeah, it was the directing. Yeah, it was the writing. Mm-hmm. But the actor has to portray that character too, and she did a phenomenal job. Yes. She's, she's an underrated actress, I think. Like I, I'm waiting for like roles like this where people, more people, can see her, mm-hmm. like just how much. Her yeah, I. And not to go super nerdy and geeky, but I, Brian, did you pick up on, even on her pronunciations? There were times where she ended a certain word, and it—I felt like she was striving to meet Ashley's pronunciation. Yeah, like, like I said, she, she, she did. She—you could tell she had watched probably every episode that Ahsoka has ever been in. Yeah, and watch and just watched her. They said that the the two um, met numerous times. Mm. Um, so that, I mean, that's probably why. She, so she could try to get her mannerisms and kind of learn how to mimic her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like like Stephanie said, you could tell she put in her homework. She did her homework and tried to get as close to as close to what people would consider fan service for somebody trying to yeah. replicate something. Yeah. Right. Like that. Yeah. While while still being her own character. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Right. Definitely. All right, so let's go from the positives. Let's go to the negatives, and we are really nitpicking here. I, I'm going to be honest with you, but it is a big controversy online among Star Wars nerds, so I I have to talk about it. And I think the best way to talk about that is we're going to take a closer look at Ahsoka through the years. Here, my new little graphic. So you'll now see us over here on the side. Each one of us are still we're still here. We're still talking, but it's mainly so you can see the graphic here, and you can see why people are making a an anthill mountain out of an anthill as far as i'm concerned but nevertheless one of the big criticisms of her makeup or her wardrobe is the uh there's actually a name for it but it escapes me so i'm just going to call them her tentacles even though there's an actual official name for it um but as you can see once you get to the fully grown up ahsoka here which is what we saw in rebels you can see her tentacles do indeed come down to her waist and in the show they only came down to about her chest level and so uh, same with the uh the rear tentacle as well um so people were saying why you know why'd you do this you know and they were trying to make a big deal about it i don't have a problem with it um it's a minor minor thing to me it bothered me for i think two seconds if that um but it is nevertheless and I've heard rumors that, you know, it was because of the stunts and, and it was getting in the way and they were having some trouble with it. Um, so, you know, and uh, I don't know. What did you guys think? Did that, Brian, did that bother you with the tentacles at all? No, not so much the length. Um, it was actually like the, it, they looked very rubbery. Okay. Um, where I think we would have liked to have seen them look more realistic. Like I was talking, we were talking beforehand. Um, maybe, maybe even had like a, like a snakeskin approach to them, where they kind of had like a little bit of scaling to them, mm-hmm. so you couldn't you couldn't really see those creases we talked about. Yeah, like yeah. you really see the creases in the rubber 
Yeah, um, when she when she moves a yeah. couple, couple different ways. Yeah. So it was yeah. So that, that that like I said, that's my nitpicking. That was the only thing I saw around with the whole thing. But she still pulled it off. She still came across as Ahsoka. There was no. I wasn't worried about how long her her tentacles or whatever they're called were. Yeah, I I didn't either. Uh, John, Steph, you guys did you guys even notice? I, I you probably didn't, but it was. I, I noticed the rubbery part that Aiken Bauer's talking about. Yeah. I did that, and I was like, huh, oh, okay. Um, but as far as your graphics, Will and Brent, yep. I, I, I'm looking at them right now, and, and I'm like, okay, well, they, no, it's not that. It, it, to me, it seems like they were doing a cross between the, the end of Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels with mm -hmm. her for Mandalorian. Does that make well, sense? In, in the end of Rebels there, um, the end of Rebels, because those are the, the longest ones she's had the entire time. Yeah, it's it's it basically they get progressively longer. Yeah. They, or no, no, no. End of Clone Wars and the beginning. Beginning of, of Rebels. Rebels. Oh, yeah. okay. Beginning of Rebels. Okay. Yeah, uh, her species you know, as she as the species matures that they get longer. They, there was a, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the character in Revenge of the Sith that uh, was her the same species as her. She was a Jedi as well. Um, Anyway, she's the one. I remembered her briefly in Revenge of the Sith, and like the one, yeah. two frames she was in. Yeah. Yep. So you know, it's it's a minor defect as far as I'm concerned. And when right. you and when you yeah. when you look at the rest of, especially if you're looking at the Star Wars Rebels, the the tall one there with her lightsabers on, and you look at the Mandalorian version, you notice they've taken great detail to try to even match her costume to what Rebels, how she was drawn in Rebels. From the headband yep. to the the side armor that she's got on her hands, even down to the the, the belt buckle, if you will, in the front, which is like a round loop in there, and right. you, you can right. see that as well. So, I think that there's and I, you can't I don't know why I'm pointing at my computer screen. You guys can't see that, but <laughs> you get the uh, you get the idea that they've taken a lot of time and effort to try to match her up from right. you know not not just the lightsabers, but her, her entire getup. I think. And it's and that's the other thing that's different too. Like when you go from an animated production to a live action production, like there's going to be a lot more hindrances in the way too. Like right. you can make them perfectly prosthetic, which even in like when I was looking at all the close-ups and everything, I mean, one of the shows that Steph and I used to watch a lot was this makeup show on the sci-fi channel called Face Off. Yeah. And we were watching like just like the use of like the textures, the airbrushing, the shading and everything that they would do. And they would always like, the one hint they always would say on the on there was that a good makeup job can save a bad prosthetic job, <laughs> and frankly, it looked good. And for all the stuff that her character had to do, um, one thing like it it fit well. And and another thing that actors will definitely tell you too is that if you bury so much of them under makeup and prosthetics, that it begins to hinder their performance. Mm, good point. And the, that they can't like give off facial recognitions or and, emote properly, so it's it's another thing too. Is like when you move to live action, you got to have a give and take fan. So if there's any fans watching that that subscribe to that, you got to take it for what it's worth and not be such sticklers there. And and the, the I felt like the the headpiece that they gave her, mm -hmm. I felt like it was made out of foam because I could kind of see that. Mm -hmm. And for her to have to wear it, you don't want to make her have to wear something heavy 
So that's why I'm thinking maybe it was kind of a like a rubbery kind of foam. Or softer foam where it's lighter. Yeah, than so, so that way it would be lighter and it wouldn't feel so heavy. Yeah, that might be why we saw the creases too, like around her her neck and stuff in it and whatnot. And and, and again, it's it's super nitpicky. I I I, I don't have any other. I, I this is the first rendition, a first go around, if you will. I expect them to get better, especially if she gets her own series, uh, like their the rumor is now that she's going to have her own spinoff series um, I'm sure they're going to take more time and they're going to take you know I'm sure they're going to there are people online that are already reading and it's already got back to Dave even you know so I'm sure that uh, you know they're going to make some changes going forward to, to try to appease the fans I'm sure and uh, especially if she gets her own series and they'll you know have a little probably have a little bit more money even to uh, really develop you know a uh, everyday uh, costume for her if you will but you're right that is on last Jedi levels of damage control yet, though. <laughs> no, nothing like that. But you know, you are right. So she's wearing a lot of makeup because the one thing you got to remember is, is Ahsoka is orange, so she has all the orange makeup, and then on her face, on top of that, is her the lines of her that you know the white lines on her face. So she's got all that on her, plus that on her, and she's still having to perform. So that's a good point, John. That you know all that that might be hindering her. So. But I'm sure, like I said, give them time. They'll work out the kinks, and it's only going to get better as far as I'm concerned. Um, but let's talk about the actual battle scene real quick. I loved how they used the tree. Um, I like how she sliced the tree, and then she blew out the middle of it and used it as a weapon. I, I just thought that was cool as shit. I don't know. What did you guys think about the whole battle scene, the opening battle scene with her hiding oh. and then you know coming up behind people, slashing in with her lightsaber? I mean, it was. I just thought it was badass. Tell him, uh, Oh, okay. I thought you were going to start talking. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We said go to you. I, yeah, oh, you yeah. My no. <clears throat> no, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a good, great scene. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen maybe a, a little bit more of the, um, her blocking ability, mm. like with the shots going off, maybe yeah. see a couple more, a couple more of those. But other than that, it was spot on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it showed that she's still she's still the chosen one, you know, still the Padawan of the chosen one. She's still a veteran of the Clone Wars and the Rebel Alliance. She's she's been through countless wars and battles, and it and it, it showed. Uh, what do you guys think of seeing her for the first time in the the whole live action battle, John stuff? Uh, we absolutely loved it. We we thought it was fantastic. I guess. And, oh, okay. Um, so we thought it was pretty awesome. I was like, wow, this chick is amazing. And so cool that Star Wars is giving girls and somebody else to look up to besides Princess Leia. Yep. And it's pretty cool. I mean, she's a fighter. She's this, she's that. But yeah, she, she's, she, she's amazing. She's very cool. Um, I love the double white lightsabers. <laughs> love that. I was like, oh, John, look, she has white. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever mm -hmm. because, you know, each each character has their own color, you know? Yes. Very much. Those so, were made by Anakin. Pretty neat, huh? Those were made by Anakin, or repaired by Anakin, anyway. Well, the, the original ones, yeah. These are new, but, yeah. The white ones are new? Yeah, she got the, the crystals from uh, 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 an Inquisitor that was hunting her. Uh, what was the last one? She, what color was the last one? Blue? Blue. Yeah, that's the oh, one okay. that Anakin fixed for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She dropped one, and she—I don't know if she kept the other one or what she did, or if she lost yeah, it. Yeah, oh, that was the one she faced Maul with. 
Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, so, but yeah. sorry. No, you're, you're, <laughs> it's just the nerd in me. Don't worry. It's it. Everybody else would have thought the same thing. Um, what I do like about her new blades are is they look. They remind me of a katana blade, like from Jap- yeah. Japanese. They're kind of curved, and the way she holds mm-hmm. them and everything. I love that. Um, go ahead, John. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, you're fine. Uh, what I was going to say was, and especially looking at both. Uh, well, as you see, we're looking at our notes where you still have the graphic of the different characters. Uh, both the middle picture with her holding the two swords behind her, mm-hmm. uh, and the two swords in front. Those are both different styles of uh, shorter blades, shorter katana blades, and and again, everything with the fog, the the foggy forest, and it's something I wanted to, to bring up was there is a lot of a lot of Kurosawa influence in this. And what this was, was the reason, Hank, what you were saying about not seeing a lot of the different techniques and everything, is because this is how the the heroes in a samurai film in a Kurosawa sometimes would, would enter. They would enter into fog, where you would, like, the hero would be obscured, and they're essentially like a... a a specter in the mist right, that's basically just yeah. going through everybody, which is exactly what, what I got. Did. Yes. Hmm. Cool. I'd say that. Yeah, you're right. That is, is definitely heavy Kurosawa influence uh, on that. And uh, uh, you know, the other thing I really liked about Ahsoka was is when we came up to the magistrate, and the magistrate was trying to. You could tell she was going to goad her in to start executing people in front of her. You know, how many is it going to take? I'll, you know, and she was going to try to get her to, to lay down her arms, and she just cuts her off and says, "You know, they're already suffering under you. I give you a day to make up your mind whether you want to surrender, which is yeah. just take charge, you know, and flip the script on her, essentially. Which you know, it's it that's again to me that's that's very." Um, and I, I'm going to go back to this a lot, but it, to me, that's very Anakin Skywalker-esque, you know. Um. It was very, you know, it's funny, Brian, you mentioned that part of it. It's very Anakin-esque because he was always straight to the point, get everything done. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, Obi-Wan and everybody else was always... Negotiate. You know, yeah. Let's negotiate. And, and that's that's what a lot of people re- remember from Jedi's is that whole negotiating thing where it's always trying to get the good outcome with least amount of... Uh, least amount of fighting possible and she her and anakin had the same they had the same mandate where it was just we need the outcome i don't care how we get there we want the outcome yes um it, it, speaking of that bad guy i don't know the, the her name was uh, the character's name is morgan Elsblith, but it's played by a uh, a lady and i had i looked her up diana lee uh help me out here in in Endo santo um she's santo yeah, yeah so Apparently, she's a martial artist. She's worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Blade, Wild Wild West, Star Trek Enterprise, Hulk, Rent, The Fast and the Furious, Toku Drift. And her dad is uh, Dan Inosanto, who, who was the training partner of Bruce Lee, which is just freaking awesome to me. I love how all this stuff is connected and how, you know, like the Mandalorian stunt double is the grandson of uh, the Duke, uh, um, yeah. John Wayne. I mean, it's just there's yeah. all this there's all this Hollywood history. Um, and they also said that this, this uh, Lee, her, she, she's the first Vietnamese character in Star Wars. And I love her demeanor. Wow. I, I loved her demeanor. I want to see more of this bad guy. What did you think, John, of the, the, the history connection with Hollywood, number one, and then number two, with her demeanor? Because I loved her demeanor. 
Well, I mean, her demeanor was perfect. Like, she was the, like, she was a great foil for the way the entire episode's uh, dramatic circle was set up. Mm -hmm. And as far as, like, the, uh, like, the Hollywood connection, I mean, it's fitting, like you said, the fact that the person doing the, uh, the physical role of Mando is John Wayne's son, which fits because that's also... Grandson. Grandson, I'm sorry, thank you. Um, uh, which fits because it's a space western. Right, and exactly. And it's better than a connection to John Wayne to play in your grand space opera western. Yeah, I, and, I, and I don't know if he worked on this episode or not, but just to think that you have the somebody's connected to Bruce Lee and then you've got a direct look to, to, to John Wayne in this one episode. It's just like, boom, <laughs> it blows your mind when you it's think like about it. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what's you know, the other thing, yeah, the other thing that I feel like they're trying to do with Mando is they're trying to be inclusive. So we, you know, we, we have the, um, you know, the, the, the girl power with the Ahsoka and mm -hmm. uh, Cara Dune and, you know, and Bo-Katan bringing her up, showing her, you know, showing them. And then when we had uh, last week, we had the first Korean Canadian. Well, last week or two weeks ago, yeah, the, he was in both the X-wing pilot. The guy, yeah, yeah. So he's he's Korean Canadian, and then this week we had the first Vietnamese. Like they're, they're they're pulling all the different all the different minorities in and trying to boost them up hmm. in a, in a basically what you know Star Wars has never really shown that besides showing all these different creatures, they've never shown multiple races like this. Um, I do want to ask though, does anyone know what the nationality of uh, Kelly Marie Tran is? Uh, she might be Korean. I, I'm not sure now that I think about it. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it back up. The Rose in Last Jedi, the ones that all the fanboys pretty much like, um, embarrassed off of social media. Yeah, yeah stupid. Um, but what about uh, what about um, the magistrate's general Lang, who is no uh, none other? Talk about pulling another actor out of out of obscurity. Who is uh, Michael Ben? Who is AKA that's John Connor from Terminator One. Tal Reese. What's that? Uh, Michael Bean was Kyle Reese. Oh, Kyle Reese. You're right. John Connor's his son. You're right. I, John Connor. John Connor's father there. John right Connor's now. dad, yes. Yes, but still, I was like, wow, where did they find him? I didn't even know he was still alive, dude. It, it was like, that was he made a badass general, too. Hicks from Aliens. <laughs> was he an alien? Yeah, he was an alien. Hicks. He? Hicks. He's also in a, The Abyss, too. Yeah. And a deleted scene in Terminator 2. <laughs> he's so basically I'm like James Cameron's, uh, like, James Cameron makes a film, he's got a role. <laughs> so she... So she's she's American, but her parents were are they're Vietnamese. Like Ooh. she's from like she she was born in San Diego. Kelly oh. Marie. Kelly Marie. Yep. Okay. Okay. So there we go. So technically, she was the first Vietnamese. But still. So, all right. So uh, let's move on and uh, let's let's go about the real quick. Just about I'm just going by what somebody else had said on a different podcast channel that yeah, I was I, watching. I don't know myself either. That's yeah. I was asking. Well, so, it's true. That, yeah. So let's talk about approaching uh, Corvus. I, I thought it was funny that uh, Baby Yoda is still being a stinker um, and is still using the Force to get what he wants. I thought that was pretty funny. That that you know that he's still trying to get that ball and he's still using the Force when he needs to to get what he wants. I thought that was that was a pretty funny 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 part. I, I don't know. I just got a kick out of it. It's good because as we'll see later in the episode, that actually it, it shows a lot more about his character. Now that you mentioned that. It, 
it actually becomes a big big character piece <laughs> it does actually it will play into it later absolutely right a little foreshadowing going on so let's move on to uh amanda moving into town um you know it, the town it, it, and I, again i love the aesthetic i love that, that the asian meets star wars there's something about that again if it's kurosawa's influence i don't know there's just something cool about, about, about very japanese yes even, even down to the warning bell it, it's just freaking yeah. awesome yeah very japanese the warning bell definitely was um yeah john had another take on it yeah the entrance the the archways in front of the door the second the door opened i was like Wow, I feel like we're about to give someone a gynecological exam. <laughs> really? Really, John? <laughs> it really looked like that. I mean, I could tell you something about the set design from Psycho that would blow your mind. Uh, only the dirty Jay-Z would think such a thing. All right. Um, I definitely did not did not see uh, see that when the doors open. Um I can't unsee it. <laughs> Nor is there a doorbell that'll make them. I never know. I'm not going in there. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we're not going there. We're not, we're not ringing anybody's bells. No, no, sir. All right. Um, <laughs> All right. Back to Quinn. Back to Quinn. Back to Quinn. Serenity now. Thank you for saving me, Brian. All right. So, um,. So we're in the town and uh, it's under strict lockdown. The citizens can get in trouble for talking to outsiders. So it's kind of like they have a marketplace, but it, I guess it's just for themselves because they don't sell anything to anybody that comes into the town. They're afraid to talk to people. Uh, it's very brutal, very, um, I don't know, even down and the prisoner cages that are around the gate to the inner courtyard and they're getting shocked and you can actually see their skeletons as they're getting shocked. There's something about that that reminded me of like uh, Rome his Roman history where they used to line the roads with crucifixions yeah. on the way to the entrance to the, the city. It kind of had that very brutal, very, um, I don't know, uh, sadistic kind of feel to it. Uh, Brian, what'd you think? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely had that, that medieval times kind of, yeah. Um, like they want to, they want to show the people that have done wrong. So they're using this example of what not to do. Yeah. You know, as, as, as opposed to just pulling them behind the gates and no one knows what happens to them. Right. No, this is what, this is what happens. We're going to show you and this is why you're not going to do it. And you know, that a lot of people, for a lot of people, that's more effective than pulling them behind closed doors. Yeah. Right. And, cool. and it just adds to the lore of the magistrate. It shows her evil. <laughs> I think it just shows that she's, she has these such, not only is her demeanor, mean but she's a mean person and, and she's she'll do whatever it takes to get the job done right almost like was one of the most beautiful things I've, I've seen in the star wars universe actually as yeah kind of cool in a way because it's just how it fits so well in the universe yeah i don't think, i don't think the magistrate's demeanor is mean per se mm. i think she's very much an authoritarian oh definitely Sheriff kind of, of Nottingham kind of thing? No, or? no, not not even Sheriff of Nottingham. I just feel like she she's she sees herself as the law and order of that area. Okay. And I know Sheriff, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I I don't know how to say how to say it. No, you're right. Correctly. It's a totalitarian. Right. But she actually she came back to that area. That's not actually her place. Yeah. No. No, she came back to that area. She was she actually mm -hmm. 
was she she made Brian we were talking about this right yeah so the the backstory that we get a little later and I was going to talk about it later but we'll go and bring it up now it's not a big deal um, is that uh, she uh, her entire family gets wiped out during the Clone Wars she witnesses that and then she ends up working for the Empire and kind of builds her own enterprise under the Empire by stripping worlds worlds plural of their natural resources in order to build the Imperial Starfleet and it looks like she's she's at least started here by the by the the forest and the the smoke and the and and the you know the smog we'll call it it's not even fog it's smog that Ahsoka's hiding in really uh, that she's already started you know doing the same thing to this planet was that that the walkers that were in the backpack there actually those were some kind of an alien form that were eating the what was left of the uh the trees i'm not sure what those were actually there's some sort of a yeah, and, and, yeah. And there, at the end of the episode, at the end of the episode, you see where they give the magistrate back his the guy who's actually in charge. They give him yeah, back his. I, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they put the robe on him, uh, which was cool. You know, that's the Jedi restoring restoring order, uh, which I love. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Would you? Uh, uh, let's see where we talked about that. Sorry, I'm a little off my my notes today. Um, let's move on to uh, a meeting with the magistrate here and. I love the Japanese courtyard. Like it opens up to the inner, we get into the inner oh. part and there's just this nice straight walkway. There's two pools yep. on each side and the whole thing's a Japanese and it's, garden. And it's green. Yeah. yeah it's, it's green. Like it's yeah. totally opposite of what you see outside. Yes, right. exactly. And I love how she's feeding some sort of Asian goldfish is the way I don't know what they were, but yeah, that's kind of yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just very cool. And I was like, the first thing I thought I was like, this is going to be an awesome battle scene. <laughs> if I had lightsabers, that's exactly where I'd want to fight. Um, You're going to see the, the squales come out of the water. Oh, screw you. <laughs> squales. Damn squales. squales. We don't need squales. We're not, squales. You want to bring that, uh, that whole like, kind of koi pondish area? Yeah. Um, I think this is probably the best design set like it's it's a great concept set oh, yeah. because and again like you guys think i might be crazy by pointing out the fact that i think that the doorways are very kind of vaginal almost uh-huh. it, but it enters a classism almost because if you look at like the atmosphere yeah. on the outside where all the markets is it's like it's polluted it's grimy it's dirty mm-hmm. but the second like two rows of doors open and you get to this beautiful place where it looks like Paradise. None of that sunlight. Yeah, it's completely different. And so that the doorways are pretty much saying she owns this town. She runs it. Yes. You know, have to go through her. Yeah. And she sets up the class, the structure the way she wants to. And if there's any spark of of anything of charity, which I don't really see, but if there's any any spot of sweetness, it's she's showing it to herself. Is she does like good? She does like nice things, but she protects it and she keeps it for herself. But, you know, if there's any minor spark of humanity, it's just she at least appreciates good things. But that's about it. But, but yeah, you can, you're right, John. It's like every door you enter, you know, you're getting better and better. But it's, you know, everything else around it, it comes at a cost. You know, everybody else is paying the price for her, for her lavish lifestyle, I guess. Is, you know, as an emperor or empress, but, you know, doesn't take care of her people at all. Production designer, if that was his intention with the doorway now. 
<laughs> I don't think you will ever get Dave Filoni to admit that those doors oh, are no, like a... not, not Dave. Like I think the production designer snuck that in. Like his, <laughs> that was his idea. Oh, Jenny, always thinking with your. Never mind. <laughs> Got me through high school. <laughs> oh man, you're gonna get me off track again, man. Oh. <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> so. I thought it was interesting about the Spear Beskar, though. That was freaking badass to me. I would Just the fact that she has yeah. it, she's done her homework, she knows that it can stand up to a lightsaber, and wow, does this episode show that, too, that Beskar is finally we have something other than another lightsaber that can withstand a lightsaber. Lightsabers yeah. have been yeah. awesome, they've been cool, and I love them, but I've always had that problem that they're almost like the super weapon that nothing can stop. And now we have something. Beskar is apparently, at least in this episode anyway, is is the is, is the answer to a lightsaber. Uh, Beskar to to uh, to the lightsabers are what carbonadium is to adamantium for Marvel nerds. <laughs> there you go, Brian. What what do you think about that 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 Beskar being the answer to the to the super weapon that is the lightsaber in Star Wars? We well, yeah, I mean, like we've always wondered. Um, we kind of got that picture though um, during um, Rebels and Clone Wars mm. that they hinted well, at it. Yeah, they hinted at it a little bit. It wasn't as the fight scene was in those weren't nearly as awesome as this. You know, actually watching the the lightsaber and the Beskar come together, almost like crackling as they, you know, as they hit each other. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't have that in the uh, Clone Wars and uh, Rebels. Yeah, not even a little bit, but. You know, but it really shows it. And I just think that's awesome that we finally have something that can, you know, there's something out there other than uh, another lightsaber or those little, you know, electrical swords or staffs that the, yeah. the, the, well, you, know, the you know. Yeah, the, or the, or the, the, the um, whatchamacallit that the stormtroopers had. Yeah. With the, like, the electric stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. what's funny was, is like, this just proves our point of why Bubba Fett was awesome. Because <laughs> he had lightsaber bird farmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like, everybody else is like, he didn't have that many lines. Like, no. But his freaking body armor could handle the lightsaber. Ah! <laughs> well, he, that's, I was going to ask you. So, is that why Mandalore and <clears throat> don't get along? Yeah, they actually fought a war. Uh, the Jedi eventually won it, but, yeah, there was a whole war that was fought between the Jedi and Mandalorians. So... So yeah, they're actually that's why they kept referring to the Mandalorians as the ancient enemy of the Jedi. So because of that yeah, war. I, I don't understand that. So okay. Yeah, they've they've never really fully we have never seen that on, you know, a cartoon or or, or anything. It's just kinda like the background lore. If, okay. if that's, that's told. Um <clears throat> but but yeah, it, it's uh so that's why they kept saying, you know, and that's one reason why she's convinced that she can get the Mandalorian who she's obviously desperate because she's going to offer him this awesome you know spear of of beskar but i think the other part of it is is because he is a mandalorian and he is supposed to be the ancient enemy of the jedi that it's that they don't even get any reassurance from him they don't get him to agree to anything they just say here you go you know and i what do you guys think do you think that that was the case or was it their desperatism what do you think john I mean, basically, from what we've seen with the town, like she thinks anybody has a price. Yeah, that's that's all I got from it. It's like she thinks that she can afford anybody's price. Okay. 
Um, Brian? I, I think it goes to like her, her dealings with Mandalorians. Um, she just, like, she just assumed that yeah. all Mandalorians hate Jedi and everything else. Right. Whereas, you know, Mando has never been, he's never been, really been around any Jedi, so he has no idea who they are or what they are or why he would hate them. Because, like, um, you know, he's from the, he's from the, 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 um, the, the different faction where they had, they completely separated from the Mandalorians who had the issue mm-hmm. with the Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, and back to their old ways. So he, never really had any kind of issue with Jedis. Right. In fact, he even says when I think when he lands on the planet, he's like, I've never dealt, I've never had any dealing with Jedis. Like, he's he's worried about it. You know? Yeah. So, that's a good point, Brian. Um, so, and then another little comedy piece, the conversation he has Lang with Lang before he leaves and Lang's like, what is that? And he says, it's his good luck charm. I was like, that's perfect. That's a perfect cover and I think it was, I thought it was funny. It was like, you know, it's my, my pet uh, lucky dragon or something. You know? <laughs> Look, you know, I just thought it was pretty funny. Right. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about the meeting with Ahsoka, the big the big showdown, and uh, I'm gonna go back to our closer look here, and I'm gonna pull up a give me a second here. I'm gonna pull up the next graphic. So uh, one of the things, and John and Steph, you guys might be a little lost here, but in, but John, you may know a little bit about it because you've heard me talk about it a lot. Um, so one of the things that always accompanies Ahsoka pretty much everywhere she goes is there is this owl creature. Uh, it's actually called a convor, and you can see the animated version down there below. And, they, and uh, you can see that they did put it in the shot in that little, uh, I circled it there in yellow, and you can see they actually did put it there. Um, mm-hmm. Just just for, for that, which is just another nice detail now. What you may not know about the owl is, is there was this, there was this arc in Clone Wars, a story, four-part story where Anakin, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and and Ahsoka Tano end up in this void or nexus place of the Force, where there is um, godlike representations of the Force. So you had the father, which is like overall the Force, and then you had the daughter, which was the light side representation, representation, and she had a brother, who was the dark side representation. Well, during this 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 battle, she ends up getting slayed by her brother. But before she dies, Ahsoka is in trouble and is about to die herself. So she saves Ahsoka with her last dying breath, essentially resurrects her from the dead. Um, so ever since that point in the Clone Wars, this spirit animal version of the daughter of the Force follows her wherever she goes. So yeah. it's it, it's a kind of a deep uh, deep uh, thing, and it's uh, she shows up everywhere. Um, spirit animal, yeah, like a spirit guide. Yeah, yeah, it's very much so a spirit animal guide. Um, it's it's funny because usually, typically, we see the animal first. Yeah, like when when they're, when they're doing shots, mm-hmm. like they'll they'll do they'll pan shots, and all of a sudden you'll see the owl flying somewhere, or you'll see the owl sitting on a branch, and then you'll see Ahsoka. So it's really kind of cool, like when you're watching. Like I was telling one of when, when this episode came up, and you see Mando walking through the woods or whatever, and all of a sudden you see the owl. You're like, oh, here comes Ahsoka. Like you know, it was one of those. It was yeah. really cool, like really cool, like tie-in to Rebels and uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, and in considering Ahsoka goes across the galaxy and goes to all these different worlds, this owl keeps showing up at all these different worlds. It's the exact same owl. So mm-hmm. it's it's like it's transcending through the Force. It shows up in 
places of the force and other episodes of rebels where they go deep and they, it's like a time travel episode almost. And they end up in this nexus place of the force called the world between worlds. And the damn owl is in the nexus <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, and is guiding Ezra to save Ahsoka through it. And it's, it's crazy how much it's used. In fact, I have a belief that, the, that, that there's a reason for it. Like, like if has got a big plan for her, you know, I've had him. He's often compared her to uh, whatchamacallit from Lord of the Rings. John, you're the big Lord of the Rings uh, fan. Um, Which one? The wizard that, that gets sent back. Gandalf. Gandalf, yes. And he does a lot of comparing between her and Gandalf. And I've always, it's always, and it's, this owl has something to do with it. So at some point, this is all going to work itself it's out. <laughs> What's that? What'd you say? It's the eagle. <laughs> it's Gandalf and the eagles. All so. the eagles, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just, there's something about this. There's a, so it's just cool that they really take the time to put this, this back into play as it were. And I, I really want to point all that out. And Brian, what'd you, was you... <laughs> what was that, John? I just thought it was a cool looking owl. <laughs> right. You wouldn't know anything. Right. And everybody else is like, Oh, look, 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 <laughs> we're doing the freak out. Right. what do you think of the owl, Brian? Did you think it was, it was cool or I thought it was a little underdone. I thought they were kind of. Keeping well, yeah, like I said, when we saw him coming through and we saw the owl, yeah. I was like, "Oh, there's Ahsoka." Yeah, here she comes. Yep, yeah. yeah, we talking, you know, the tie-in, the tie-in was nice. I thought so. So, uh, Mando has a brief clash with Ahsoka. Uh, again, it shows the power of Beskar because she is going at him with two lightsabers, trying to trying to slice him in two, and he's constant. He's doing a Wonder Woman thing <laughs> with his uh, with his Beskar. And what I noticed, and I don't know if you guys noticed, there's no, there was no scar, there was no scoring marks on the armor. Like, no, there wasn't. It was, it was perfectly, it was just like it was normal. And I've noticed that when he gets blasted with a blaster, it's the same thing. Um, so again, it just really, really shows just how powerful this best car is, or at least how powerful they're making it now um, in Star Wars. Um, what do you guys think? Is it? Is, you think they're making it too powerful, or do you think it's just, just a like what we were saying? Yeah, like, perfect. Okay. Brian, what do you think? No, I mean it's, it's it's fine the way it is because it's not like they can wrap themselves entirely of Beskar. They can do it in patches, right, and in spots. But it, you know, yeah. a lightsaber is still going to go through their arm where the elbow is, right. or you know, because you can only do so much Beskar without yeah. being able to move. Like, you're not going to be a tin man, right? Right. Well, like, like um, you got you, Mace Windu took off uh, the head of uh, Jango Fett, who was in Beskar. You know, he was able right. to slice through you know because he didn't have, because he didn't have any best car around his neck right, right. <laughs> but essentially yeah i mean stupid mistake <laughs> um, like I, like if, like if i was a mandalorian you got best car around your neck and you got best car around your dick i mean <laughs> best car cup <laughs> best car cup oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that would suck I, i've got a my my girlfriend has a chastity belt. Unfortunately, it's Beskar. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> There's no key for that. Oh, no, that's gonna chafe my willy. All right. Um, enough. Of the ultimate torture porn. <laughs> uh, the other thing about the fight I thought that was cool between them, I like how he threw the 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 harpoon rope around her just like Boba Fett did with Luke, but where Luke was like, I don't know what to do. She 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 did the cool thing and jumped over the. The uh, the tree, which didn't make it, which didn't make any sense because 
physics she had to she i mean she would have to weigh that much more than all that there's no way <laughs> well she used so the she force had, yeah she had to use the force oh yeah that's yeah. just like that was just crazy i thought it was cool because i thought it showed that she is that much more experienced than a young luke skywalker was like she she maybe not maybe she's not as powerful as luke or maybe she is but she's got the experience on her side you know which i was just like mm -hmm. oh that's cool you know and yeah. Through that, you know, through the harpoon. Yeah, it really. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about the force talking scene, um, which was interesting for me. Um, we, we've seen this many times before, uh, especially with Luke and Vader. Um, at the, you know, they're talking back and forth through the force while they're trying to escape at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Brian, you and I have seen it with Kanan and Ezra talking to Master Yoda through the force at the Jedi Temple. Um, yeah. But usually one of the parties is actually talking to help us along the way. Yeah, Johnny, go ahead. Um, I'm also doing like uh, the Shining thing too, because they would have mentioned that in the Shining that they that. Uh, I don't know. A total Skype meltdown. I've lost the both. Oh, you guys still there? Yeah. yeah, we're still here. Okay, we lost we, we lost you for a second, Johnny. Go go ahead with your your thought, <laughs> your little shiny thing. Yeah, it was basically that was it. It was just like uh, the shining. Oh, it was I thought like they would have entire conversations without ever like opening their mouths. Yeah, that's what they they did. They showed that in, in Rebels and in uh, and the shining Clone, in Clone Wars. They very very like the not not mouth moving, but they kind of like they had that fading um, where you could hear the conversation going on. Or at least back some, and forth. or at least one person was talking to help help out. Right, and that's what yeah. I I kind of wish we had that there, where she would say, you know, we could have heard her say something, mm -hmm. and that even if we even if we just heard a you know, like a grumble from Yoda, yeah, you know, where maybe it wasn't English we heard, it was something else, but where we heard some kind of back and forth, mm -hmm. as opposed to just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your name is Grogu. Okay. <laughs> like, what? I will bring up the point as to why I think that worked is we're seeing it from Mando's perspective. So, of course, Mando wouldn't hear what they're saying. Well, that, that's a good point. Um, right, but Mando's not watching the TV, we are. But <laughs> Which is why the, the audience is... <laughs> <laughs> You can't be spoon-fed everything. <laughs> but, but one thing, one thing I took away, guys, and I don't know how you guys think about this, but I felt like <laughs> more was conveyed to Ahsoka than she told Mando. Like I oh, felt yeah. like she was ho holding yeah. back. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't the only one then. Okay. So no, no, it wasn't because it's it's the Western thing where you don't have to say everything in order to show how powerful a character is. Yeah. Like, you can... Essentially, it's, it's like the poker games in the West, where they would, you know, you don't show everyone your cards, but you don't see how powerful of a hand they have to play with. Hmm. I, 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 actually, I actually wonder if there's... if there, we It'll get revealed later of what she was actually told by Grogu. I do. I, 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 I actually wonder if it's going to come back up later in... in and you know she's gonna meet at a certain spot, mm -hmm. and because Grogu said, "Hey, meet me." Blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something, something like that. Yeah. Well, he, because, like you said, he, she, it felt like he shared a lot more than my name is Grogu. Yes. Yeah. And this is my story. I think there was a lot more because yeah. she kept smiling, and I'm like, 
And I have this wild theory, and I don't think it's true, but I still have this wild theory in my head because I saw we've seen Master Yoda play coy with Luke. I still wonder if there's still an absolute little micro chance that the kid, that Grogu, is playing coy with Mando the whole time for some reason. Like it's all an act. I think still have this. What, I don't know. What I got out of the like the whole silent conversation with her smiling, mm -hmm. and I think the reason we didn't hear anything is we well, no, it's not that. <laughs> um, it was basically because I think Grogu was telling us episodes one through twelve. Mm, That's what he was thinking to Ahsoka, which That's you hear that's very well, possible. He, yeah. he also he also I guess told her prior to him getting you know getting taken from the temple because she knew that part. Yeah. So maybe that was maybe that was part of what he was you know explaining to her was she was just going back through his memories mm. and got the got the whole fact of he was on the light side training in the temple and then all of a sudden on that day when Anakin came and he was taken from the temple and then from there on it's just darkness. Which is funny because he was in that capsule, so of course it's gonna be dark. Mm. True, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I that, mean, she, that's true. He could have also been telling her spoilers for season three too, so we can't hear that. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's very possible. Yes. Um, let's talk about the name. So Ahsoka reveals his name is Grogu. <laughs> yeah. He said Anakin's <laughs> Vader. <laughs> What's that? Grogu's like, hey, spoiler, Anakin's Vader. <laughs> He's a little late to the party on that one. So, but let, let's talk about the name. So let's talk about Grogu. I mean, I don't know, so we've been wondering. They've been calling him the child. People call him Baby Yoda. We get the reveal, Grogu. Brian, what's your thoughts of Grogu? Uh, he'll still be Baby Yoda to me. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the Grogu, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with knowing his name. Mm -hmm. um, but like just like with Mandalorian, he call, still calls him the kid. Like we still call Stephanie Steph, we still call you B, we still call me B, you know, or Ankenbauer Tower or whatever. Right. So, so I mean, I'm still gonna call him Baby Yoda probably, um, but now that he has a name, now he, he I think it's it kind of it kind of gives him that next level of maturity. Yes. It kind of gives him a person. Yes. You know, where he was he was the child before, and you're like, ooh, what is his name? You know, does blah blah blah. And now that he has a name, now you're like, oh, well, it's kind of like you know, you call your daughter. You know, whatever, and then all this, you know, mm -hmm. hey, hey, kid, hey, baby, blah, 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 you know, hey, sweet tooth, whatever, whatever you call her, and then all of a sudden, you know, then you start, hey, I, you know, for my daughter, hey, Caitlin, hey, Caitlin, do this, because she, she, she's becoming her own person, right. right, and I think that's that's giving him his name, kind of did that mm -hmm. for this, gives him room to grow. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I think that's going to happen. I actually think he will actually grow physically by next season too, but I could be wrong. John, what do you think of John stuff? What do you think about Grogu? I just want to say that I think Ank nailed everything about naming Baby Yoda right there. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. Mm. You know, it's like Baby Yoda, like like you said, he's going to always be Baby Yoda to the fans, mm -hmm. but he now has a personality. He now has a name. He's now ready to develop as a character, so he can progress from there. Yeah. Uh, and his backstory is he's raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, so the, the Jedi Temple we know from the movies. Uh, he's taught by many masters. When they say that, that, that tells me that he is a what they call a young, youngling. So there's basically three steps to Jedi knighthood. Is the first step is you're brought in as a, a baby and you're raised as a, through childhood, through early childhood as a youngling. And as a youngling, you have uh, training by 
it's like going to class, like going to school. You have you're you're taught this by this master, this master, that master. It's all part of the temple training, until you reach a certain age. And if you're good enough to reach to the next level, which is the Padawan level, which is like early teenage years usually, then they they then a, a Jedi will, a Jedi master will take on the Padawan for individual instruction before they yeah, make so, it to uh, Jedi uh, Knight. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's just like an apprentice. Yeah, like an apprentice. Yeah, and um, in fact, I got a picture. I'll change it over here real quick if I can get. I like this program, but it is sometimes it's hard to change the pictures. Um, so yeah, so this this was taken from I think episode two actually. So here you can yeah. see it's Yoda doing some basic lightsaber training with with the younglings. Yes. I don't know why you give a five year old a, a lightsaber, but hey, um, <laughs> I gave my five year old a lightsaber and she was destructive with it without it being actual lightsaber. But um, but anyway, but. But yeah, so so that's what he is. So he's he's not a Padawan yet, but he's just he's still a youngling. Even at fifty years old, you know, it, to, it for his age and for his species, he's still in that kind of in that he's getting to the end of his childhood probably, but he's still a child, so well, to speak. I, I thought it was great that Ahsoka brought up Yoda during mm -hmm. their fireside discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and she's like, I knew one like him. His name, his name was Master Yoda. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I'm like, oh hey, throwback, you know. <laughs> but well, not only that, but but the kid took notice. He he went, you know, he was like, he's he's like Yoda. Oh yes, yeah, because like, like, he knew who Yoda was. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, which and the one thing I want to say is the second she brings up the the best thing I loved about this whole naming of them is that. Whenever Mando would say the name Grogu, like just the way that you know you'd see Baby yes. Yoda. Up. It, well, it's like it's like a child when their father or mother right. calls them. Yeah, you know there was that sense of you yeah. Know, yeah. When we would you know when for us when we would call Abby, we're like Abby, Abigail, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it was like a, a it, father son. Yeah, there was definitely yeah, there's definitely something about like hearing a loved one calling your name and it's just a small little details like that it's just it's heartwarming like just that little moment alone i just i felt so much from that moment well, yeah it because it, it, we're all parents so it, it pulls on our parental heartstrings just as much as you know we're all children as well or we have parents but you know especially being a parent we understand that you know and then it's recognition between a you know you and your child and but yeah yeah absolutely john great point and, and even and even ahsoka took note of that and said he sees you as a father figure. Yes. And that's, yeah, and we'll talk about that next. Sorry. That's okay. We'll get to it. But one more thing, and then we'll, we'll move on to the testing of Grogu next. I just want to bring up, who do you think, because we also find out somebody hit him, but he doesn't know who hit him. Yeah. Who do you guys think, just just off the top of your heads with just random wild theory, who do you think, who do you think hit, hit Grogu? Um, a squail. Greg said, fuck you. <laughs> Real answers. Brian. I'll, I'll go with Yoda. Yoda? Okay. That's a possibility. Brian, what do you think? So I think it was either um, it was either Yaddle. Okay. Yeah. Because we never we never saw anything happen to Yaddle. We we saw we saw her in the in the in the chamber. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, but then we but we, the we never saw anything else. Okay. So I think it was either Yaddle or I think maybe it was uh, maybe it was Mace. It could be Mace. That's a good good 
good guess. Um, you might want to help help Steph, yeah, help Stephanie out with Yaddle there, Brian. Who Yaddle is? Yeah. Yeah. Yaddle is the female version of Yoda. We see her. We we saw we saw her briefly in the uh, in like in the the one scene over there at the top of the top of the tower. Phantom Menace. And she's, yeah. yeah, and she's sitting in the chair, discussing everything when everybody's sitting there. Mm-hmm. Right. We saw her one time, okay. and I was so maybe she maybe she hit maybe 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 Grogu is her child her and Yoda's child, and that's why she took him and hit him. Little Jedi bounce bounce bounce. Yeah, go ahead, John. I was going to say, I actually do have a legitimate uh, theory, just kind of crazy off-the-wall thing. Okay. Uh, in Revenge of the Sith, that one kid who came out on the uh, the platform and was, like, lightsaber fighting all the other stormtroopers and actually pulled uh, him. Yeah. The one that I gets don't know killed at the end. Aimless youngling, but I think he probably did that as a means to sacrifice him. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that would make a nice little throwback twist moments to tie everything in together and that 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 leads into the testing of grogu and and how he has so much fear which we're going to transition to now in and and that made me wonder is some of his trauma did he witness was he there for order 66 when anakin comes in (laughs) lightsaber blazing and starts cutting down the younglings right and left is was he a part of that did he see that he he, he may not have seen it um, but he may, have, but felt his it. his memory may yeah. have started right at that spot. You know what I mean? Or he, he felt may. it. Yeah. 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 Oh, they all feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think? What do you think about that stuff? If if he was you, because we all remember that scene, Master oh, Skywalker. I, we don't know what we're gonna do. But, <laughs> but I just said maybe you know instead of seeing it, like we don't think he saw it, but I think maybe you know. Everyone who holds the force, they felt that. Oh, absolutely. When all those children died. And I think he was being hidden, and they were probably trying to go back and get the other children when all of that happened. And, you know, and she she brings up the fear, and she says, I can't train him. Because she says all this fear. He has a fear. Not only is it a fear, but like you were saying, Stephanie, he's got an attachment to Mando. Because Mando is able to reach him where Ahsoka cannot. And yeah. she recognizes that. And the line that the line that she says is, "It's is this can I'm not going to put him through that, you know. This 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 can happen can happen to the best of us, the best yeah. of us. Who is she That's, referring to? She's well, that, like that was a great moment. I thought oh, it was awesome. Moment. To Anakin, mm-hmm. like I immediately felt that that's who she was referring to. Was Absolutely, the first thing because like we all know that fear is a path to the dark side. The only way we know that is that was from Episode One when mm-hmm. the sense that about Anakin. And Anakin, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. That, so that's yeah. how Ahsoka knows what fear leads to, which mm-hmm. is why she's hesitant. So that's why I was like, that was a wonderful moment when she said. I sense that fear in him. So I was like, perfect. And, and not only that, but the, the one flaw of, of Anakin Skywalker is he can't let go of anybody. He's yeah. af- he's afraid to lose. He's, a, that's, he's afraid to lose his wife, his child. All these things are what actually turns him to the dark side in the end. You know, the, yeah. it, 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 it's... It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it, it, that line, though, is just like, oh, man, that's, that's, that's an awesome line. You know, it... It was just uh, that that kind of gave me almost gave me like goosebumps when she said it. Cause I was like, "Oh, Anakin, ouch," you know. And it shows her 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 perspective. 
What's that? There are good things. In, there are good things in the prequels, just like that. Oh yeah, and it's. Yeah. But it also shows Ahsoka her her viewpoint on Anakin. She doesn't look at him as the scourge of the Jedi who turned to the dark side and then came back. She still looks at him as her master, as a, you know, as the good guy. Which yeah, know, her master who got turned to the dark side. Right, exactly. But she's but, not. But still her master. But she won't even she won't even uh, acknowledge that. You know, so that just shows her viewpoint, her point of view, if you will. A certain point of view is is Anakin is still a good guy overall. She's ignoring the Vader part. So. Well, because at this point, like Vader's a Force ghost, but it's Anakin that's the Force ghost, right? And not, no, uh, not Vader. Vader. And I, you know, the one thing that would have made the scene absolutely perfect is if they just given me just a hint of the Imperial March when she said that, just a little bit, maybe just a few notes would have been cool. Anyway. We we did we did get some John Williams moments. I did hear that. The second she said when she was saying I I felt his presence in another, you heard Yoda's theme come yes. through. Yes. In, uh, yes, that's a great point. I forgot all about that, John. That's a great point. The music is the oxygen. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And he it perfectly. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Um so but she even goes a step further and goes, It's better just to let his powers fade. Than to have him go to the dark side, essentially. You know, she's yeah. like, just, just let him go. <laughs> it's like, wow. I mean, it's like, that's... and uh, It's better if he doesn't learn. All right, I, I do have to bring up a personal note. That is actually something that's a very tragic moment to think of, to think that your gifts could go to waste. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's to, to hear something like that, to just think that it's better to let it die than see it be used for something bad. Like, that's... It's tragic, but yeah, no, it's there's there's a power behind it. That's what's of this episode. So well, well, and not only that, but especially at this time period, because the Jedi are so few. You think they'd yeah. want to get as many Jedi back out there as they can to keep the right. line going, and she's still denying it, you know, because she knows better. It, you know, it's it, it's it's just a really Jedi thing to do. I don't know. <laughs> I, like a Jedi thing to do. Yeah, it really is. You know, to be that selfless about it when you're, 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 the line is dying off. Essentially, there's only a few left, and right. she says that. And you, so few. and you have this potential for another Master Yoda, potentially, and she's denying that because of what she knows. You know, that, that, to me, that's that's a selfless thing, really. So, selfless uh, or selfish. Uh, selfless. selfless and uh, detached, almost too. I think I think it's more so the fact that uh, she feels that she would be she wouldn't train him properly. Oh, is 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 my okay. thought because she knows that she followed Anakin and she watched where Anakin was leading her. Mm -hmm. So she stopped before that happened. But her trainings may not be the same trainings that other Jedi who are straight light, you know, would would have done. Right. So, so maybe that's why she doesn't want to train because she doesn't feel she's good enough to be a trainer. So she's not worthy, is what you're saying. Right. She doesn't feel because she's she worthy because because she says she's not a Jedi. Right. She's not. So, huh? I, I never thought about that. That that's a great point, Brian. That's a great counterpoint. Really. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Actually, give me something to think about, Brian. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Let's move on to. Um, uh, we already talked about the backstory on the magistrate. Um, so let's move on to the final assault on the city. Um, 
I loved, absolutely loved the cutting of the bell at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> that was just total, total badass. There was just something about it that just, I, I don't know. It was like poetry. Um, I don't know it's how else to describe it. Morning. What's it's that? Final warning. I mean, it's basically her final warning. <laughs> Is it cut in half and falling to the ground? Yeah. So it's the last warning they're ever going to get about her showing up. It's it's the end of her empire, the end of her time, the end of her reign. It, it's a lot of symbolism. I don't know, Brian. What do you think about the cutting of the bell? Let's see. I mean, I I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, it the the destruction that the lightsabers can do. I thought it was kind of cool. Oh yeah, absolutely fantastic badass love it um and that just makes the best car even more badass in my mind but um um <laughs> <laughs> uh, this time you know all the way in every episode we've always seen mando be the lead he's the lead good guy he's the lead badass he's the lead gunslinger whatever you want to call it but this is the first time we see mando play sidekick um what'd you guys think about that good kind of job in the last episode too like if you notice he left the uh facility first and allowed for uh, um, Kara and uh, mm -hmm. the Weathers and everyone to have like their nice escape action sequence there. Yeah. And he's basically the coda at the end of that sequence. Yeah, so, true. Which, you know, and that's it's kind of like the, uh, the Clint Eastwood thing with the man with no name. Like in that sort of sense of the western where he would show up to a town the town would just, you'd get to know like the plight of the town and he would basically just be like the, he's the guide of the audience. He's the vision. So you follow him to follow the rest of the town. Mm. Copy. Yeah. I, it, I, go ahead, Brian. To, yeah. I was to, to me, it felt like, I don't know. It so much felt like he was the psychic as he was the, the spark provided, you know, for the, for the whole fight. It was cause it was a Sokus fight. Yeah, it was going to happen regardless. Yeah, Mando just came. It was basically like Mando came in on her on her storyline. Mm -hmm. You know, to kind of to kind of play that that spark that you know for the town for them to to rally around this you know this Jedi who they hadn't they had not known either. Yeah, but they knew. I, my guess is they knew about Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. And you know it was like yeah, Mando's always follow the way, and they're always. They're the ancient enemy of the Jedi, and now they're working together. Yeah, for right. our cause. And, and, yeah, yeah, and you know, so it kind of felt like, like, he, on one sense, yes, it kind of felt like he was the sidekick, but I think it was more of a, it he was basically just there to kind of watch Ahsoka's story in this episode take place. Yeah, um, I love the fight scene between her and uh, uh, the magistrate and uh, Ahsoka. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of twirling of the spear, but it was very uh, personal and intense the way it was shot. Like, I didn't okay. see... It wasn't like a Darth Maul doing all the crazy stuff, but she was intense with hers, and there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of Ahsoka with two blades on the on the, the spear. It felt personal. Go ahead. Sorry. With, with a spear and with us doing karate and stuff, with a bow stuff, it's not... There's not a lot of twirling. There's a lot of, um, like... Body blocking, spearing, body blocking—exactly what she was doing with that. That would be the same as like as, as having a bow staff. Mm. So essentially, it, it's not a spear per se. It's more of like the staff, and and she's using it exactly how it would be used. She, yeah, I and mean, on top of that too, like when you do the spinning stuff, 
it leaves so many other parts it leaves you your open, body it open. leaves your back and like a whole bunch of other stuff mm -hmm. vulnerable so with so. with a staff like that you're going to protect yourself you're going to try to stick her you're i mean There's you're, you're gonna you're gonna keep it in front of you at all times and to put length between you and the person that's fighting you right it was like that was one of the most realistic I was saying it, it felt it felt more like it felt more realistic fighting than when Darth Maul did it for showman showmanship. To be yeah. all flashy with his with his you know mm -hmm. with the red lightsabers. Yeah, absolutely. It looked good. That one looked good. Yeah, it felt good. It felt yeah. It felt good because real. It, it felt personal yeah. to me too. It felt very it felt real. It felt gritty. Yes, that, very gritty. That's how you do gritty fight scenes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with it. Um, you I, know what it reminded me of? Yeah. <laughs> You guys, have you ever, have you seen that, uh, it's that, that little, that video with the big fat guy with the, uh, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he's doing all the twirls with uh, the thing? Yeah. The lightsaber kid, yeah, from Light YouTube. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's what it reminded me of, like, it's, like, realistic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because he's, in, in his mind, he thinks he's, like, all Darth Maul and, like, whoa, 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 and, nope, he's realistic because he's barely moving. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, again, the best car, the best car holding up against the lightsaber. Oh um, my god! That's how so did they cool. how they melt this stuff down? Uh, if it's that damn strong, I I I just don't you know. <laughs> well, you saw it was it wasn't just like a regular flame when they were uh, when she was torching it. That's true. It was yeah. it was like a like industrial super strength. blue yeah super yeah. super blue flame like yeah like yeah, it's like a ceiling. Kill. Or what, what do they call those like fires where they mold uh, everything? Oh, yeah. Kiln? Yeah. yeah. It was kilns. a thing that she had just for that. That was, I was, that's what I was just saying. That was the way. Hmm. You know? What were you were reminding me of, um, which is a funny, funny movie that reminded me of this. It reminded me of when, um, in uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, God. When, when they're, when they're melt, when the, when the aliens are melting the gold. Yeah. That's exactly what it kind of reminded me of. This whole like the way the way it gets melted. Mm. Extreme <laughs> heat, yeah. Uh, Too funny. Uh, uh, the misty fan in me just keeps thinking of Diabolique <laughs> <laughs> or Diabolic. Yeah, that's the one. Spraying cold everywhere. <laughs> no, you fell asleep by that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the big reveal. The yeah, okay. I'm listening back. I'm just. So yeah, here I'm about to go on a ramble. I'm about to go on this <laughs> stuff. Um, so bring out this crazy Star Wars board. It's time. Um, uh, <laughs> so obviously the big reveal is Grand Emerald Thrawn. Um, it's gonna get spin off. Is this, you know, uh, Brian? I'll, I'm gonna throw this to you because we've watched Rebels, we've watched Clone Wars. Do you think they're gonna spin this off into the Finding Ezra series that we've been waiting for for? for i don't know five what three four years now i mean it, it could very well be i mean they're bringing thrawn in but um you know what 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 has happened when we do eventually get to thrawn yeah what what has happened since then it was was thrawn defeated by ezra ezra went a different direction and so we're never going to get to beat ezra you know real life yeah. or you know or is this you know why? Because I was I was thinking the same thing, and then one of the podcasts that I was watching, they said this, something very similar, and they said, you know, we assume 
like the last time I saw last time I saw Stephanie, we'll say for instance, she was driving in her car and she was driving down the street over here. Mm-hmm. So, the, so that going with that that logic, what we're doing right now, the next time I see Stephanie, she should be in her car driving. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so why why would we assume that Theron will be with Ezra? Correct. Yeah. Why why are we why are we assuming that Sabine would be with Ahsoka? Mm-hmm. You know, because they had different stories in their life to take them different paths. True. So, 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 you know, even though she is still searching for Thrawn, we know that that aspect's still there. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen between no. now and then, or what's happened be- be- since then or when we saw it, him last in Rebels. Or was yes, yeah, perhaps it, did this take place before Rebels? We, we'll get into that in a minute. Go ahead, John. It looks like you got something to add. I actually did do a bit of research when I found out when I heard the name Thrawn and Steph wanted to know who that was. Mm-hmm. So if we do logically, if we do see Thrawn again, mm-hmm. see a squail. You just <sighs> ruined the whole series. Squail is what took him away. I'm changing. I'm, I, I'm, I'm taking him off. I'm putting him down in the small <laughs> corner. Oh, man. But yeah, so let's talk about, but, you know, Brian, speaking of, you know, what we expect and what we think we knew, you know, let's talk about, let's talk about the, there's the, there's the Master Skywalker. So, but let's talk about this scene, Brian. This is the, uh, you know, the end of Rebels, uh, the, the epilogue to Rebels where we see Sabine walking off with Ahsoka to go find Ezra. And this is where the whole theories come in about the Finding Ezra series. This is where it, it's, it all comes out of. Now, Dave Filoni has since come out, since this episode has come out and said, this scene may not have taken place before the episode we just watched in Mandalorian. So this whole scene may actually take place after the episode we just watched in Mandalorian. And if that's the case, that changes the entire dynamic. Because that means that, yes, Sabine would not be with her yet. And that that she's searching for Thrawn and then eventually she's going to find out that Ezra did this to Thrawn. And I'm not trying to spoil Rebels, but but that, that they've gone off somewhere and maybe this, this is what leads to this and this is how they're going to start the Finding Ezra series. We're going to see this scene again, maybe in episode one of Finding Ezra. You know, I, I don't mean, know. I, I mean, that, that, could, that could very well be. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say it changes everything. Um, to say that this is just a um, like us seeing us seeing Ahsoka between essentially Clone Wars and Rebels, you know this this what this is before that before that scene where she shows up. Yep. Um, I would I wouldn't go as far as saying saying that, but that would explain also why her uh, tentacles are shorter. Hmm. Um, well, and why she why she looks why she looks closer to uh, pre Clone Wars last ep- that pre like pre last episode here of Rebels. The only thing is the only thing is the events of Rebels still would have taken place. It's just the epilogue. This ending scene may be out of order. That's what and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I don't know, um, but yeah, I think I, I I think there's a good chance that Dave. Dave's only teasing us right now, but I think Dave is, is setting us up that, yes, that this scene has yet to take place, that the Mandalorian episode we just watched with Ahsoka in it takes place before the ending, the epilogue scene of Rebels, because all we know is Mandalorian is right now is about five to six years after Jedi. 
And all we know about this scene is, is it took place after Jedi, but we don't know how long after Jedi it took place. That's well, so. I, that's so I, have another, I, have, I have another question for yeah. you. Um, did uh, at the end of this episode, did Mando take the Beskar staff? He did. Okay. He has the spear. Yes. Okay, because I was like, is, it, is that what she's holding there? Is she holding the Beskar uh, staff? That's a great point. It, it, it looks very similar. It looks yeah, it damn does. similar, except the only difference is it's got the round top to it. And, yep. and that's the only difference. But yeah. But yeah. That, that was my, that was my next question. It was like, you know, th- did she keep the did she keep the staff? And that's what she's going around holding. You know, when in our, in our, when we saw her last episode. And she's no longer fighting with lethal lightsabers, but rather a bes- a steel of Beskar, which would be more Jedi than anything I could think of. Yeah. Um, or or yeah, yeah. or does she yeah or does she just she fights with this, but she has her lightsabers. That that could be too, but uh, what what the thing on the the round thing on the top is I still don't know. It seems to be kind of like a Jedi religious symbol or something. I have no idea. Um, oh no, that's where the, that's where the stone goes, so she can find out where the uh, Ark of the Covenant is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the staff of Ra. The staff yeah. of Ra. <laughs> when she places it in the right that's spot. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> she takes back one Kadam. <laughs> All right. So the other big reveal in this episode is where you know Soka says I can't train him, but there is another possibility if you take him to the planet Tython and put him on the seeing stone he'll choose his path if he chooses to become a jedi maybe a jedi will come and and seek him out and train him we'll get to the second part later i'm stuck on tython for a minute and then here comes the crazy star wars board again so right. tython in the legends books now remember disney bought star wars and said all the books that came out are now legend they they're not canon anymore one of the and one of those things was Tython. Tython is first mentioned in the book Darth Bane novel, The Rule of Two, and it's mentioned that this is the birthplace of the Jedi Order. And back then they originally weren't called Jedi, they were called Jedi. And then eventually they evolved into the Jedi off of this planet. Now, it then became Disney said no longer, and then they, they created Last Jedi and they created Octu and the first Jedi Temple on Octu. So what Dave is doing now is he's cherry-picking again from the Legends material and throwing it back into canon, but in a new way. Ahsoka says that there's a ruin, a, the ruins of a Jedi Temple there. She's not saying it's the first temple. So, you know, they're retconning here a little bit. But Tython is a huge planet of potential for Star Wars storylines. It's it, the planet is so is it, so endowed with the force. It's like it's like a the force is, is so resonant in the planet that if somebody shows up on this planet and disturbs the planet's balance, the whole planet gets ravaged by like storms of force lightning. It ravages it. That's how delicate the planet is. The planet has all kinds of strange Star Wars creatures. It has that whole Star Wars mythos of creatures. It's everything's there. All kinds of deep. Jedi lore is there. They have two uh, two moons. One moon is the dark side. One moon is the light. They call it the Ashlyn, which is the light side, and then the Bogan, which is the dark side. And these two moons go around the planet. It's all part of the original lore that was created. From where did the Jedi come from? That was supposed to come from this planet. So now again, you know, since Disney's taken over, it's now Octu, and everything we saw in last Jedi, which I thought was wasted 
in Last Jedi because we had a lot of lore that they could have come out of Octu. But now we're heading back to this planet Python, Python, forgive me, Tython, not Python, Tython, where there's all this potential to bring uh, all of to bring all this back, to bring all this stuff back and and, and really launch some really cool storylines off this planet, especially if it's only shown briefly here in, in Mandalore mandalorian and then they use it in other episodes it's just going to be crazy great picture of thrawn behind you there brian um, mm -hmm. <laughs> um but there's all kinds of potential here i, I mean it, it's it just opens up so much it was the uh the the planet was shown greatly in in fact i got a picture um i did like a little collage of some pictures from um there was a game called star wars knights of the old republic and um they created this entire world and you can see that there's like a Jedi temple on here. There's, there's all kinds of crazy other stuff too. This is just a quick collage I put together. What's oh. that from? That's, that's, that's Tython. And that's from the game Knight Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. That's right. Okay. Okay. So, and that's where a lot of this lore was created was in this game. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll, there's a lot of potential here and We've we've heard Filoni talk about the Ashlyn and the Bogan through this mythical creature in Rebels called the Bendu, who was he was the one in the middle. He was both light side and dark, and I think Bendu probably came from this planet because there's all kinds of crazy creatures and stuff on this planet too. So there's all kinds of my God, all kinds of potential here, going deep into the Star Wars mythos, which I love the Jedi myth, and then. You've got all these crazy creatures and all this other stuff that can happen coming off of this world. I mean, it's 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 like a cornucopia of Star Wars themes. You know, you could do all you can do almost anything you want with this. I mean, you know, it's crazy what could happen. But like the the Jedi were born here. Essentially, what became the Sith are born here. You know, the light side and the dark. It all originally came from this planet, at least in the old legends material. So there's all kinds of potential here. I mean, you can restart the Sith from here. You can restart the dark side threat from here. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, so it opens the door. I mean, really opens the door to uh, to what 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 it could be. So, um, but anyway, but that so that that's that's my big thing on. Um, on on Tython, what what what's something you would like to see, Brian? If they if they they do go to this planet, um, I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing the uh, the whole uh, the God trilogy. Oh, the Mortis. Have it linked back yeah, up with Mortis. Seeing, okay. Seeing back up with back up with Mortis. Uh, at some at some at some level, mm -hmm. or um, possibly seeing other Bendus. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be really cool. Um, Live action Bendu. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, that that would that wouldn't be bad. Um, mm -hmm. Or just seeing, um, like Jedi's that never left, mm -hmm. and and seeing the, um, you know how peaceful and yet powerful they are. Mm -hmm. uh, like not ever leaving the planet like other Jedi's did. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. Or or seeing if the if the Sith are still there, or some, maybe the Sith have some remnant. You know I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be badass. Would or be or awesome. or seeing some kind of like going there and having the whole planet be vacant, but you can see um, 
on the uh, on the wall, you could see uh, murals. Yeah, like talking about talking about what happened. Paintings and teachings and paintings yep. that come alive like it did in Rebels. That would be sweet. Yeah, with yeah. with the wolves and stuff. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be sweet. That would be awesome. So, John, Steph, I know you you don't know a lot, but would you guys what would you would you guys be open to that kind of opening of the door to the Star Wars myth and lore? Would that would that be something that would interest you as fans who have not watched Clone Wars and Rebels and aren't as invested? Let's just say, I at least not so. yet. Okay. I, I I think yes, because okay. then it would kind of dig us further into it and be asking more questions and saying, okay, who's that? Why are they important? Hmm. Gotcha. Cool. So you would take you deeper as a as a fact. Okay, John. And what do you think? You know, just the mentioning of uh, Tython or just does the admiral right? Uh, the, the Tython's the planet. Uh, Thrawn. Thrawn is the admiral. Thrawn, right? Yeah. Just the mentioning of Thrawn at the end of the episode was enough to make send me straight to Google, mm. which is how I knew about the uh, the squales. But yeah. um, seriously. <laughs> Um, Spoiler alert. That's yeah, <laughs> but that's again. That's what made this entire episode so interesting to me was the fact that it like it pointed out that it was not just a callback to the animated shows, mm -hmm. but it was also a callback to like the novelizations that existed beforehand, to the games that existed beforehand. Um, just the fact that it's it's this tying together of Everything. all this universe that all so many fans mm -hmm. that I've heard about in passing just wanting to see canon mm -hmm. and become part of this, you know, Star Wars universe. That's exciting to me. Like, the fact that this show, as well-made as it is, is taking all of this previous lore and finding a way to not... to, to pay the perfect homage mm -hmm. and make it canon mm -hmm. and tie it in with where it's at now it's exciting on so many levels like I want to see like even again not having read any of the novels or the extended universe or knowing anything about the animated shows just seeing the potential and seeing how much it could make so like the history of Star Wars become part of this new generation's universe of Star Wars it's exciting. Just one hour of Google so, searching was enough for me. I had a patient today that I took care of, and female patient who is literally a year younger than us, Will and Brink. Oh, wow. Mm. And um, she had a really major chemotherapy. Uh, she had three kind of heavy drugs given to her today. Anyway, mm. the lady literally came in with Star Wars hand sanitizer. <laughs> a baby Yoda cup, a build a bear baby Yoda with bag that she stored all her stuff in, hmm. and a baby Yoda like she found a, a one of those like uh, eye things that you know the the sleep things. Oh, a face mask. A face yeah. mask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm holy crap. I'm like, she goes, oh no, he's my chemo buddy. Oh, I'm, like, I'm that. like, that is I love that. amazing. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a woman after my own heart, I'll tell you. That's right? awesome. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> no fixing me up. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk about one last thing. We've gone really, really long, but this episode is just so full packed. So, but I, I, I have, I don't like to speculate a lot, but it is fun to do. It, usually I get let down when I speculate, but I, I got to speculate here. So what if, let's just assume that Grogu goes to Tython. He, he chooses the path of the Jedi. The signal goes out through the force. What Jedi, or maybe Sith, is going to come looking for uh, baby for go for for Gogu? Go. I always want to say Goku. I got to stop. Go, go, Grogu, Grogu, Goku, <laughs> Even with strawberries, I hate it. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, Brian. I'll let you. Snow cannon. Who's <laughs> strawberry? I'll let you take first crack at uh, at speculating here. Who do you think uh, Grogu's gonna call to? Well, I, I think um, you know there's there's a bunch of different a bunch of different things that fans are throwing out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're throwing out their Mace Windu. They're throwing out uh, Ezra. They're throwing out um, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, that's that's saying we're gonna see somebody physically reach out to him. I think. We were talking earlier that it could be like a Force Ghost mm-hmm. Yoda or Force, Force Ghost Obi Wan to tie in the new Obi Wan series. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just just yeah, just to have just to have that little bit of connection there that you can see get tied in because when that when that Obi Wan series does pop up, yeah. they're gonna you know people that have seen Mandalorian will be like, oh, that's who that was in the Mandalorian, and then they're gonna go watch that show and watch watch his backstory yeah 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 and the thing we were talking about offline john and stuff was if there's a force ghost training him then he can actually still stay with the mandalorian because the force ghost could train him doesn't even physically have to be there just has to talk in his head you know or or he does show up maybe in downtimes or something but he wouldn't be like a physical hindrance to him and and mando necessarily i'll tell you what i'll be fine with it if it's force yoda Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as he doesn't, you know, make him jump every which way. Don't make him like a, a fucking Mexican jumping bean, like yeah. flipping off of that. Yeah, I, lo- I love that fight scene. So I, I, I anyway. Oh, I do too, but what the hell? It's fantastic. I don't care what you say. Yoda had an eight pack. Eight pack. Oh I'm telling God. you, it's fantastic. <laughs> Loved every second of it. Anyway, <laughs> um. Yeah, I, 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 I like the you know like we were saying, Brian, the Force Ghost Master Yoda would be would be would be pretty cool. Um, I'm open to the Mace Windu idea. I like the idea of a Mace Windu showing up maybe at the same time as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And he wants to train him and not Luke because Anakin <laughs> betrayed him, and he, now he's still he's got a beef with his son. Yeah, something that would make a cool storyline. Go ahead, John. So I'm gonna be the. Uh the asshole writer. <laughs> oh, oh boy. To- You're going to go Sith, huh? Okay. Uh, no. No? I'm going to say both. Ooh. I would like to see both answer the call because, like you said, the Jedi are in such small Numbers. percentage right now. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it make sense for both of them? Because, like you said, like because like Ain said earlier, when we heard Grogu first hear his name, we're clearly identifying with Baby Yoda as a child. Mm-hmm. As the seasons progress, and this is why I'm thinking, like, you know, ahead of the writer and everything, 
He's going to get older. He's going to get to that teen year. And rebel. He's going to have some bad influences. So why not voices from both sides basically battling over his the soul? <laughs> so, so, so are you saying it's going to be a, like a force ghost bad guy? It, it could be both. I don't know. It could be a physical embodiment of the bad Because well, uh, with the Sith, you only have two. Well, but again, like it could be a physical embodiment of the bad side, or it could be a force ghost of the good side. But either way, just that dichotomy mm. of like the devil and the angel on both of his shoulders trying to basically pull him in either direction. Mm -hmm. You could have like a leftover Inquisitor, Brian. That could They could pull that, I guess, you know, as far as a Darksider. Because again... Because ultimately, it's going to be Mando as the parental figure that's going to be pulling him back to essentially make whatever kind of moral mm. ground-like decision Baby Yoda's going to be. So that's, that could end up being the overall arc of the show, where it's Mando pulling him back from the dark side. We might end up seeing a Mando sacrificed by the series finale, mm. just to save the soul of Baby Yoda to preserve the balance of the force. Mm. That could be. That would be interesting. So so you yeah, so he's got a dark side, so he's tempted by the dark side, not just by his own powers, but by by an actual his, outside influence. And his fear too. That she sensed. Yeah, exactly. So maybe when he chooses the path of the Jedi, the dark side senses his fear, the Jedi sense his force, you know, the light side in him and the two clash. Exactly. Yeah, that's possible. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, it's been there way. Like if I were to drag this out for a few more seasons, that's how I'd want to tempt my audience. <laughs> you yeah, know, and I, I got to be honest with you, and I'm even a lot of people aren't maybe for this, but I would even be okay with an unknown Jedi showing up just because I want to learn about well, yeah. his story. Well, it, it, well it, would, it would expand the universe even more. Exactly. Yeah. Like why? Why is this person? You know? Yeah. Why is this? Per where, what happened to this person? Why? How did he come out of Order sixty six? Yeah. Alive, you know, or I like Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, or, yes. Or the, or the way we talked about it, Brian, with um, you know, with with the Sith or whoever from the dark side coming, but but portraying himself to be a good guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and Mando and Mando lets Baby Yoda go with him, and then realizes he's a bad guy, and then we spend the whole rest of the season chasing, trying him. to search for Baby Yoda to try to chase him down to get him back. Because he knows he's with a bad person. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Because yeah, Mando would have no idea. He would he would not be able to tell the difference unless he's Darth Maul that he's he's uh, between a Sith and a Jedi. He doesn't even know the Sith exist. So I got something. Yeah. How fitting would it be if the person representing the light side turned out to be a droid, which Mando has a history of not respecting and not trusting. Yeah, but now he is. But yes, but the fact that the, uh, the 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 dark side's influence could turn him back to those old fears of droids. Well, the the the, the, the only thing is, is droids don't teach the force, but they I mean they could they could change that obviously, but or at least a cyborg, a cyborg would be interesting, okay. like a Darth Vader kind of type. Or, or the uh, the dark uh, droid Jedi's or whatever that we were watching. Uh, oh, the the dark, yeah, the yeah. Uh, shadow trooper or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe it'd be interesting. There's all kinds of theories out there, and I, that's why I love to speculate. So, I just had to throw that in. I know we went long. We went really, really long, and we are long. We're about a minute, an hour, a minute, an hour and forty minutes almost. 
So let's just move on <laughs> to uh, final thoughts and grades. Brian, I'll let you go first today. Sir. Yeah, we, even with my nitpicking, it's still an A-plus episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the storyline that we got. Um, I hope that it progresses the way we want it to progress. I hope they don't just shut it down and say that's all you're going to get. Mm. Um, you know, of Thrawn and of Ahsoka, they, they just wanted to, to tease it and then have spin you know, it, it come. Yeah, yeah I had to do a spinoff later. I hope that we actually get to see a little bit more of Rosaria Dawson play Ahsoka. I thought she I thought she did a really good job, and um, I'm hoping that now that we have a name for Grogu, that we, he'll actually start developing more into a character, and you'll get that back and forth banter between father and Mando, son. Yeah. yeah, Mando and him, you know, mm-hmm. as they do as they do things where like we saw the previous episode where he was trying to teach him how to move the move the wires, and he's like the red one and the blue one, don't cross him. Oh, never mind, I'll do it myself. You know what I mean? Like one of those. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we get some of that. Yeah, um, for me it's an absolute. It's an A plus plus. Um, we get we finally get Ahsoka live, the live version. We find out it's Rosario Dawson, which I was rooting for. Um, the uh, the whole uh, um, we get the the Tython is thrown in there. My God, they throw in Admiral Thrawn in there. They're teasing a spinoff series with Ahsoka in here. Um, it, we find out Baby Yoda's name. We get his backstory in here. Um, and they, we only have three more episodes. And yeah, there's only three more episodes. Damn it, this is this is bullshit. Um, but you know, uh, it, it's it's just fantastic. It, I, I I I'm not sure. This might be the highlight of the season. I hope it's not. I hope somehow they find a way to top it. But hats off, by the way, to Mr. Dave Filoni, writing and directing. You've come a long way, sir. Uh, you've proven that you can now do live action effectively. I think uh, I thought you know last season he his director was a little 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 shaky. Now this was dead on. You nailed Soka, but you know Ahsoka better than anybody. You let Rosario bring that to life. You brought you brought in the the Kurosawa that John was talking about, the aesthetics, everything about this episode, down to the villain and the the demeanor, everything about this episode, to me is perfect, perfect Star Wars, except. Except for the damn tentacles with the little things, with the that's that's the only nitpick I can have. That's the only thing I can find. I love it. A plus plus. John Steph. Um. Yeah. This is this is an absolute A plus. Like this takes all of the best of not just the Mandalorian but Star Wars as a whole, and it is an embodiment of excellent homage filmmaking of fantastic storytelling i mean like i said before it got me interested and excited enough to do my own google search of the extended universe by the end of the episode that takes a lot you've taken your first step into a bigger world (laughs) i know there's such a big world that's why it's like it's so much to delve into but this show was so good so much attention was given to all the right things. And, that, and that's the thing I think needs to be brought up is we've seen where Star Wars can go wrong by showing too much attention to what doesn't need a lot of focus. This knows exactly what to focus on. And not just as a means to appease the fans, but as a means to tell the story the way it needs to be told. And what I mean, where I hope it goes from here, and that's that's what this episode has me excited for, is I want to see the overall five-season arc. I want to see the Bible 
of this show play out mm. exactly the way it's intended. Mm. Because, frankly, no matter what we speculated, no matter what fan theories or fan fiction we've devolved or like created in this episode, I hope it stays true to its own universe mm. and it keeps this course and it keeps all of this up because that, to me, is the true sign of really great genre fiction. Absolutely. Steph, anything you want to add? I know Johnny's very articulate, so he's hard to follow sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just give us give us your grade. How's that? What you said, your letter grade, uh, right? So many A's I can't even think. It it was it was awesome to watch. It actually kind of I kind of want to watch Rebels and Clone Wars That a girl, that a girl, yes, yes. This is the way. This is the way. I'm kind of getting sucked in with the whole Bo-Katan and Ahsoka. I Every time they bring up a character, I'm like, who's that? black what, what's that and even our friend brad you guys know him mm-hmm. he's watched both of them and he's like oh well, yeah this and that and i'm like huh <laughs> i'm like i don't know anything this sucks and i know my brain has been busy with school but i'm almost done for the christmas break so yay one thing i will say is you come alive when you watch this it's like mm-hmm. like for as much as she's throwing into herself going into work and being in a master's class for a nurse practitioner, like she sits down and she thinks her brain is fried at the end of a long week. I and I throw on like two episodes of the show back to back, and she is immediately pulled into the universe. <laughs> like that's the power the show has. Is like Star it, just, Wars. it gives her a, a rejuvenation. They, well, no, not just Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This show, Filoni's handling of Mandalorian yeah. is enough to like. I see my wife come back. Like revitalizes her almost. Like I, I, I want like you know. I was like, who's Thrawn? And he immediately googled it, and he's like, oh, it's this. And, and that's how I found out about whales. the whales. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My my only my only thing I hate oh, in Star oh, Wars squales. Purgles. I I I. Freaking pergles. Yeah, we call them squales. I don't know that I want to go into reading the books yet. Oh, you, Brian. But, yeah, but um, <laughs> hey, but I I would like to watch the two shows, and I think that would be fun, and that could be something that me and you binge watch, and maybe Abby absolutely. Yeah. So um, she wants to watch. We I start with Clone Wars. <laughs> and oh, oh hey, oh, we oh, lost oh. Brian. Did we lose Ang? Uh, we might have because suddenly he's gone. That's weird. Oh. Um, why are I don't they... want... I'm uncomfortable like this. Okay, um, I'm gonna just close out the show because I'm not sure what the hell just yeah. happened. Okay. Um, so, re- Bye. oh wait, here he is. He's back. Yeah. Hey. hey. All right. Welcome I'm back, back. D. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Suddenly, we John. The squales. Dude, we were gonna bail on the show. <laughs> the That's what happened. That's what happens when you, you put fucking squales on this show. You get what booted. Was weird though. 
I, I, I took the squares and went to a different show. <laughs> it took I, you away. I, what I took really you in hyperspace? I love this episode. It was amazing. <laughs> there you go. All I right. went to a different show and came back. <laughs> <laughs> finding Brian. Finding Eckenbauer. All right. Real quick, social media. The best place to find us, guys, is www.number4midwestguys.com. Uh, we got links to everything there. You can follow, like, and subscribe. Everything's in chronological order of release, or you can click by show. Everything's your one-stop shop. However, if you want to find us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash the number four Midwest guys. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter at four, the number four Midwest guys. Brian, where can they find you, sir? Uh, they can find me at Zone or at my new channel, Gone Thrifting 859. Oh, I forgot about that. Where, yeah. I, where I'm going to start off with uh, that new channel with my dad. But we're going to do a uh, thrifting podcast and uh, some uh, basically all going to be YouTube uh, videos where we're going to do uh, thrifting, reselling on eBay and uh, some unboxing videos and stuff like that. Okay. Sounds like an awesome place. And it sounds if you want to bargain, go to thrift. Was it thrifting 859? Gone thrifting? Gone, gone thrifting 859. Kind of like gone fishing. But we're going to be gone thrifting. Gone thrifting. There you go. So go, go bargain shopping with Brian there. Uh, you can find myself at uh, bwilly1977 on Twitter and Stardust. And if you like the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, we haven't done it in a while, but we'll try to get some more pictures up. Um, that would be uh, Instagram account, the number four underscore Midwest underscore guys. Good old-fashioned email at uh, the number four Midwest guys at gmail.com. And real, real quick, Johnny, I know you want to do a masochism plug, so I'll let you have it for a minute. Again, I know it's been a couple weeks that we've uh, th uh, thrown out the gauntlet for anybody to uh, basically give me their worst movie that they've ever seen. If it's something I haven't seen, I'd be happy to do it. Um, I actually... And you can I watch his reactions live, or well, <laughs> taped, but still. Watch yeah, his agony. I, <laughs> I actually have found uh, a very vital tool recently. I have found over 120 movies that I have not seen uh -oh. that have ended up as dogs of the week oh, for joy. film critics between mm. late 70s and early 80s. Oh, God. Uh, uh, so, God yeah, I'm delving into the obscure that very few people have either heard of or even there's not even any online reviews of them yet. So this could be a first, a very painful first for me. So, if you want to put Johnny into movie hell, you want to call our new, brand new fan voicemail line. That's 1-859-363-5952. Again, 1-859-363-5952. You'll hear a nice little voice message from me. Uh, just uh, if you're leaving it for John, just leave your name, number, where you're or just your name, where you're from, what movie you want to torture John with. Or if you got any other things, especially about this show or any of our other podcasts, just let us know which show that you're referencing and then leave your comment. If we really like your comment, guess what? You'll find yourself on the air. So make sure that you reach out to us. And uh, that's all of the ways you can do that. So uh, I just want to thank everybody for an excellent show. I know it went really, really long, but there was an awful lot to talk about. And this was yeah. maybe the best episode of Star Wars in at least recent time. Um, so John, Steph, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, guys. And Mr. Brian Aikabauer, as always, sir. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. And I have been your host, B. Willie, saying, may the force be with you always. Also and also you. with you. Oh, there's the Catholic joke. I love it. I love it. It's canon. <laughs>